Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. Tower number three of The Handle. <laughs> it's going to be a fun hour. Tower number three of The Handle. I'm kidding. We are happy to be with you here on VSIN. It is Matt Brown. It is Mike Summage. And the only reason I say it like that is this, this Packers team has, has dominated the first quarter and a few minutes of this game and yet are only up three nothing stopped on third and one stopped on fourth and one and now here come the 49ers on their side their good side of the 50 and it just this game feels like it should be at the very minimum 10 if not 17 drop pick six stopped on two the third one and a fourth and one it just it feels like you know what they had their opportunity and then they didn't take it and now this is where the things kind of flip. Yeah, really frustrating as a Packers better and an over better because if we got those early Packer points, it's really going to force the flow of the game. Yeah. And, and sitting at three here, the in-game total down to forty and a half. Not great when you're sitting on forty-nine and fifty and fifty and a half. So we'll have to see if we can get some points going here. Debo headed to the locker room now for San Francisco. McCaffrey's been banged up in this game as well, so it does feel like the the and and, and Purdy not been very sharp I would say in this game so far so it feels like this is a gettable Niners team but again the Packers just you've had squandered opportunities all throughout the first and so far the second quarter as well here they cannot they have to capitalize on those chances if they want to beat what is inarguably a better team across the board here in San Francisco I am okay with the decision to go for it it was just the Aaron Jones stuffed on third and one on a run that they hadn't had success running. They didn't try what they had had success running, which is kind of getting to the outside, not the interior stuff. And then they do the quarterback sneak and Jordan Love, you can tell. So here's the thing. And this is why they should not outlaw the tush push because no one else can do it. No. Well, I mean, the Eagles couldn't even do it. Yeah. They, like, no one else can do it. And the thing is, is Hertz in that offensive line has figured out you just get super low and mm -hmm. plow in. When you see these other teams try it, the quarterback's always way too high. And that's where you are. That's, you're getting stopped at the point of impact, and there's nothing you can do after that. They can push you all day long, but if you're not low, you're just going to keep getting bit in half. Yep. And, and so it just 
they they try right there. They do the it doesn't make it, and then with that, here come the uh, the 49ers down the field, and it's just uh, it said as a as a backer of not only the Packers but the over. I feel like we deserve better than 3 nothing right now. Yeah, it's the problem with playing 50s, and we talked about yeah. this. We, we play these big numbers. You have to have things break right for you, and unfortunately in this game, they've broken poorly for us so far. And so we'll see if we're able to, to flip the script, turn it around, but it's, it's going to be tough to be able to put up that type of points or that, that type of numbers. That being said, San Francisco just scores a touchdown. Kittle gets, uh, gets about a 40-yard strike there, 35-yard strike, so... George Kittle going to be your first touchdown score here for the Niners. Surprised it takes place here with eight minutes and 42 seconds left in the second quarter. So credit where credit's due. They get him off his mark. He is scrambling to the right, and Purdy throws a dime to uh, to Kittle right in line. I don't know what kind of coverage that was because they let Kittle just run right by everyone. Uh, Probably had a wider open receiver deeper yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, it seems as if maybe the defender thought he had help behind him and he did not. And so uh, even though it was a throw on the run, it was a throw on the run to a wide open receiver. And so uh, you can see the the ease of the throw that Purdy uh, was able to put there to Kittle. And with that, 7-3, to three, and I fear... This is a big drive for the Packers. I was going to say, I fear that the Packers missed their chance, that they, they missed their opportunity. They need to go down and score here. Yeah. I mean, this is a very, very important drive for them because if they give up the ball and all of a sudden they're down 14-3, to three, it's exactly what they didn't want when they had the opportunity to jump out and take the lead. So this is a huge drive here for Aaron Love and the Packers to try and reassert that dominance that we had seen from them up until that last Niners drive. Jordan Love as well. Um, we, are, we are looking here 7-3. to three. In favor of the pack, th- th- in favor of the Niners. Here's where I. Th- this is my like when you drop a pick six, when you settle for the field goal, when you drive deep down in the field, then you get down there again. You stay aggressive. You get stopped on the one, uh, with needing one to go twice in a row. All of those things to me is kind of like when all of them have gone against you so so far, and you're already a ten point dog. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. This feels like what this feels like this could get like one way traffic really quick. I feel like you've lost faith here, Matt. I I, I kind of have. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of have. Um, that was a pretty easy drive for the Niners. Right yes, there. it was. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty easy drive for them. They were able to do whatever they wanted to on that one, and without Debo Samuel, as you just mentioned, who was jogging off on his own, yeah, on his own to the locker room, but he's going to get something checked out over there in the locker room. So our live look here, let's see where we are sitting on the live numbers. We got 10 and a half. We're back right where we start. So 10 and a half in favor of the Niners, but the total all the way down to 43 and a half. Or up from 40 and a half, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, so there we go. It's true. Last half full, buddy. Come on. We're always half full in the positive third hour. Yes. We're half full in here on all this. Does it, does it make us more angry with with Dobbs that he didn't try to score? Like since they didn't convert and didn't get any points whatsoever? Yeah, I mean I would always rather the guy tries <laughs> to score than run out of bounds. Like it, he's running alone and and yeah, there were two guys, but it's like you would normally see a receiver try to split them to mm-hmm. the inside and see if he could and Dobbs just chose neither and just, I, I'm just going to run out of bounds. Yeah. That was a, it was an interesting decision there from yeah. Dobbs because you, you want to try and get you you never know if you're going to be able to score in future yeah. plays, right? So if you have the opportunity, you might as well take the shot. Uh, that one unfortunately cost them since they did get stuffed on third and fourth and one. So let's put a bow here on the Bucks and Lions and then we'll move on to the Chiefs and Bills in the next couple of segments, but I alluded to this whenever I was talking about the reason why I played the over in this game. And the reason why I played the over in this game is because 
you have two pretty elite run defenses. Vita Vea for the Bucks has been a brick wall the last month of the season, and you saw it last week as well. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going at all running the ball. I mean, Vita Vea was just fantastic, just absolutely great, plugging up the inside. This is a Lions team that, for all of their faults they have in the secondary, and there are a lot, they give up a ton of splash plays and they give up a ton of pass yards. They actually defend the run really well, and, and they keep teams from being able to run the ball very successfully at all. So with that... What you get is probably two teams are going to be throwing a ton. And with that, I figured, hey, listen, I expect Tampa to have success through the air. I really expect the Lions to have success through the air. I know it's a high-ish total for what we're used to, but in a dome, perfect conditions. We don't have to worry about any sort of weather situation to go along with any of that. I I, I would still play it even the 49 and a half. I am not as confident in this one yeah. as you are. Uh, I am – I do believe that the Lions are going to have success. I am not so confident that you're going to see success from this Buccaneers offense. I, I still remember the two games that they played to end the season when they, they took on the Saints and they did not look very effective. And then when they played the Carolina Panthers and looked absolutely awful. Now, Baker was banged up in those both those games. I'm not going to just assume Baker's 100%. Yes, he looked much better last week, but I don't fully trust this Buccaneers team to be able to move the football up and down the field. I think the Lions are going to have quite a bit of success, specifically through the air. I've already played a ladder on Amon Ross St. Brown, so I took his over at 91.5 receiving yards. I played over 100 yards at that, so it's plus 105, and over 120 yards at plus 230. I think he has a phenomenal game again this week. He was able to go for 124 against this team when they played last time. So I do think the Lions have quite a bit of success, and I look, I realize this is kind of the square side. I, I like the Lions minus the six, and mm. I'm going to play some Lions alts here. I'm yeah. going to play Lions minus nine and a half. I'm going to play Lions minus 13 and a half. I referenced that that Giants-Minnesota Vikings game last year where it looked like both of those teams weren't very good, and then the Giants win and go get absolutely lambasted by the Eagles in the next round. I wouldn't be shocked if we see that type of performance. I mentioned that the concern about the Lions being down emotionally a little bit in this spot. I think the fact that you have Dan Campbell as your head, head coach is a huge positive for that. I think he re-rallies his troops. And I think the, that home field advantage is going to be a massive difference for the Lions as well here. So I, I like Detroit quite a bit in this game. I'm not so sure the Bucs are going to be able to effectively move the football. Yeah, uh, there, there's a pretty big mismatch, I think, in my personal opinion, between these wide receivers and the secondary for the Lions. I, and if Baker is anywhere as accurate as he was last week, I mean, obviously if he's Throws the ball like he did two weeks ago. There's, there's no shot on this. But, I mean, he's pretty accurate this past week. Lots of yak, for sure, in mm -hmm. that game. Um, but with all that, he's got some pretty good receivers, and they certainly have the the advantage here over the – Mike Evans, the, the all these guys in the secondary for the Lions, they're all like 5'10". They, they're literally all like 5'9", 5'10". Even the safeties are like six foot. Like, Mike Evans is going to have four inch four inches on the, the tallest guy in the secondary out there. I think Mike Evans could have a really big game. As well, and, and you mentioned Dan Campbell, and I'll tell you this, the, oh, that should be a penalty. You just, uh, and they're not going to throw it, and that's interesting. It sure wow. looked like Jordan Love was uh, a full step out of bounds there when he just got shoved. In. Oh, okay, all right. Well, now that's now that now, yeah, going to say, now we're going to get a double penalty for, you know, people fighting and things that are going on there. Um, the other reason I'll tell you that I do like the over in this one is because of the Dan Campbell factor. Now, for better or worse, this could no, nah, he was inbounds. Yeah. Um, this could play against me, but Dan Campbell's gonna be aggressive. Yes, he and will. Dan Campbell is not going to settle for field goals. Dan Campbell is going to go for it on fourth down. We saw Dan Campbell go for it on fourth. If it is five yards or in on fourth, like Dan Campbell's going for it. If it's if it's any sort of medium-ish length field goal, and certainly when they get down by the goal as well, now that could go against me. 
because mm-hmm. we could have what just happened to the Packers on this drive. Which Zeros is you go, instead yeah, of sevens you, and yes, threes. Yeah, yep. you, you're ta- you are you're you're. You want sevens, but sometimes threes can still help you get to the when zeros is bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could also help me in this handicap as well. And I think Dan Campbell's aggression is also something that plays into more of an over than an under, in my personal opinion, specifically just because of how efficient the Lions have been all year anyway on offense, right? So if he's choosing to go for it on fourth and three, I'm kind of okay with it. Like, like you got Amon Ross A. Brown, you got a did pretty decent uh, Laporta, whatever. I, I, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, and we just we you know we just had Zach Cohen on. He yeah. talked about the Baker over. He had two forty one and a half. That's been bet up like crazy. I, I've mm-hmm. heard that one across the board from a bunch of people. We just saw two sixty and a half, uh, the latest number here from. Uh, 216 and a half, the latest number here on DraftKings.com. So a lot of people are playing the Baker Mayfield over, which leans into your idea that this is a game that's going to go over. And we've seen this total get bet. Opened at 46 and a half. We're sitting at 49 and a half. I, I'd be interested to see if we close over 50 in this game as well. Yeah, I think that there's a decent chance that this could, this one could actually move from yeah. a total standpoint. Um, I think that people are going to look at this and look at these season-long defensive statistics for both of these teams and say, hmm, you know what? Maybe that's something. Yeah, over. maybe something I will take a look at. Chiefs and Bills. What do we think about this one? What bets in our account? Let you know when we come back. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds. You know, the basketball nerds are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mike, you heard this thing called the internet? I have. I love it. Yeah, it's great. You go in, you type in a 
some letters, and you put Ooh. a .com after it, and awesome things pop up on your computer or your phone. Like like sports picks and, and different articles and content around sports gambling? That's what you get at the new revamped vsin.com. That is V-S-I-N.com. You're going to go in. It is a clean new look. The navigation is better. The flow is better. It loads faster. And if you're doing it on your phone, it's going to look sharp and it's going to work better as well. So go in. You can listen to the shows on the website. You can also listen to the shows on your phone from the new newly revamped website. And hey, if you want to go ahead and get a sub- pro subscription, you can watch us do our thing with your uh, with your little eyeballs out there. You get 10% off. Use the code handle H-A-N-D-L-E. If you have any questions about anything that's going on, if you happen to find a bug, if you happen to do whatever, don't take it up with us. Take it up with Bill Aiden. We're not worried about that. But that's, that's his job. That's how, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take it up with Bill. If, if you got problems with it, your complaints, complaint department is Bill Aiden. Yeah. There it is. Not, not us. us. Don't tweet at us. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> it is Matt Mike here on the handle. It is, uh, this is just a frust. This is a... This is just a frustrating game, a very frustrating game. Uh, Packers, another <laughs> drive down the field that stalls out. This time they do take the three, seven to six in favor of the San Francisco 49ers. This feels like this should be about a 10-point Packer lead, and instead they're down a point. Yeah, they've run 28 plays in San Francisco territory. San Francisco's run four plays in Green Bay territory, and yet we're sitting here with a San Francisco 7-6 lead. Not great. Uh, missed opportunities left, right, and center here for the Packers. A San Francisco beat reporter. This is not confirmed. This is from your, your this list, is just, though, right? Yes. Well, someone I trust, anyway. Yeah. Debo came back, sat down on the bench, looking frustrated, put his, hands in his, put his head in his hands, looked down, and then took his gloves off. Not great. So, don't know what that means. Again, nothing is confirmed, but Debo wears gloves when he plays. So, if he took the gloves off, at least indicate maybe, at least for the rest of this half or something, that he's going to... Yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah. Doubt, I doubt we see him on the field here. You obviously have halftime. We'll mm-hmm. see if he's able to come back in the second half. Huge part of this offense. We've talked yes. about this all year long, that when everyone's healthy, this offense absolutely hums. As soon as you lose one or two pieces... With McCaffrey yes. and Debo being the most important yes. too, uh, we see issues in this offense. And so we'll be interested to see what happens here with McCaffrey clearly dealing with some type of hamstring or calf injury and Debo frustrated on the sidelines and having to run to the locker room last drive. So go back and look at that three-game stretch that we're talking about. Those are the three games in which Debo did not play. This offense looked clunky. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that he is 100% the reason why it looked clunky. You've seen every team throughout the course of this season. Everybody has looked bad at times over the course of this this season. That being said, he is kind of the dude that makes this offense so ridiculously dynamic because of lining him up in the backfield, line him up in the slot, line him up out wide, put him in motion, do all the different things to keep a defense guessing because you never know what you're going to do with him. Well, he's a guy who can run the football. He can obviously catch passes downfield. He's incredible after the catch. Very tough to take down from a tackling perspective. He just brings a versatility to the offense that no one else, maybe in the NFL, is able to bring to an offense and what this, the skills that he possesses there. So uh, it really puts a lot of pressure on you. Ayuk from a, a patch catch pass catching perspective and now we got to focus on McCaffrey winning the football he's right now six for 23 just a 3.8 average and again he is also banged up in this game as well so we'll see what happens progressing forward so for what it's worth Debo is not out there right now so now they, um, they yeah. were just showing him on the sideline they were working on his shoulder 
and it was back before. So mm-hmm. the shoulders is the injury that's being reported on the television. That we, he is not out there for this drive for the Niners. Yeah, so we'll see again. Maybe this is just uh, they want to get a closer look at him at half, and we'll see if that's the case. And it doesn't really matter because the 49ers get a first down, move the ball anyway. Is there anyone you're interested in prop overs with Debo out? Well, it would have been Jennings, but now those numbers are just going to get steamed to high heaven. Yeah, like two for 28. He just yeah. caught a pass for about 15. Yeah, he's already over his over. It was one and a half on catches in like 21 yards or something like that. So he's already he's already there uh, on pregame stuff. So hopefully you took a shot. You're already in. Hopefully you took a flyer. Yeah, yeah they're on Jennings. All right, so Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. This is your Sunday, what do you call that? Evening? Matinee. Evening, yeah, evening. Yeah. It's not night, evening, 6, 6.30 Eastern uh, game. It is two and a half in favor of the Bills at home. 45 and a half is the total. This was at three. Three's got eaten up. It is now down to two and a half. I played the under. I played the under at 46 and a half. Not really a big difference between 46 and a half, 45 and a half. I still think I'd be looking at the under if I was going to play this thing. This is one of the first things you and I, you know, um, bring up every time that the Chiefs come around. But, you know, yeah, there was an offensive explosion last week with Rasheed Rice having a career day. Is that repeatable? Again, I'm going to need to see it before I believe that that's just something that we're going to see on a every down base. And maybe that maybe Rasheed Rice is the is the key that they needed to really unlock the potential of this offense. And he is a rookie, and it took him a while to figure it out. Okay, so that that, that is on the table. I will say, like that mm-hmm. is on the table for me, and I'm not completely like wiping that off. What I will say is, I feel more comfortable in the fact that what we have for a large sample size was an offense that was not able to put several drives together that was not able to look anything like the years past of, of Chiefs offenses. And so that's kind of how I have to go into this game, handicapping it. Not that, oh, we got a career day from a rookie wide receiver. That's obviously going to happen again this week. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, so I played the under 46 yeah. and a half as well. Uh, but when you look back and you think about the Bills and the Chiefs, you think about Allen and Mahomes, the two previous playoff games they played, they've combined for 12 passing touchdowns in those two games. You think about the 13 second drive, the up and down the field battle that we saw. These two teams are not anywhere near what those two teams were when on the offensive side. This is a, a weaker Chiefs offense than what we've seen in the past. And this is a Buffalo Bills offense that is much more uh, j- just committed to running the football, both with James Cook and Josh Allen. So you're going to see the Bills try and move the football on the ground against the Chiefs, which is, by the way, their weaker part of their defense is their rush defense. And you're going to see the Chiefs try and do the same thing against the Bills. All of that plays toward the under. On top of that, if I had to pick an offense I trust more, it would be Buffalo's. But the Chiefs' defense is, to me, the best unit of the four that are going to be on the field. So if the Chiefs' defense can stifle this Buffalo offense, I think the under is a, has a clear path to being able to cash in this spot because, yes, the Bills' defense is banged up. And I am very concerned about this Bills' defense and the mm-hmm. injuries that they have, both in the linebacker position as well as at the quarterback cornerback position. But I don't really trust the Chiefs' offense to put up a, a 30 spot in here either. So for me, the route to the under here is is a fairly easy one. I was surprised that we haven't gone below the 45-and-a-half number. Mm-hmm. Matt mentioned 46, not a very key number, right? It's 44, 43 that you want to capture. We haven't really brushed up against that 43. I, I still like the under here at 45-and-a-half, and I like the Chiefs as well. I, I have a 25-to-1 ticket on the Bills to win the AFC in my account. I have already hedged off some of that when I their Bills minus 3, minus 115 popped up earlier this week. I would love it if I get some more Bills minus 3. But I'm going to be a Bills backer in this game as well. But I'm going to wait until game time to be able to play it. So this is going to be very cold. Not really windy. There there will be gusts, but the gusts, it, it, 
you can't predict any of that, right? I mean, we don't know when the gusts are going to come. And so, yeah, if they happen to throw a deep pass when a gust comes through, it could knock it offline. If they happen to be kicking a longer field goal and a gust comes through, it could knock it offline. But it's not going to be sustained wins enough where we care about it. Uh, it's just going to be really, really cold. I mean, sub-20 is cold. Yes. So sub-20 is really, really cold. So that is going to happen. Might affect the length of some of the field goals because if you listen to any kicker that talks about kicking a cold ball can take – two, three, four yards off of your kick because you're kicking a rock, you know? And so if you want to put that into your handicap at all, you can. You look at this, they did bump up Allen's rush total. Uh, last week we were getting that kind of mid-30s, which then got steamed up to high 30s. I thought it was right. You thought it was right. Everyone thought that that was going to be the the, the right play and all that, and it certainly ended up being the right play. Uh, 42 and a half now. So we are three yards higher than even the peak of last week. Juice to the over. By the time this thing kicks off, it's going to move to 43 and a half, maybe even 44 and a half when it's all said and done. Now, do we believe that he's going to be a focal point of this offense? Absolutely. But now we're getting into that, like, you're going to need to get to 44 yards. Like, you're going to need 10 carries out of him, right? Like, you're going to ha- – if you feel comfortable in 10 carries, then, you know, maybe you just play the carries or whatever, right? Because you're going to need 10 – it's eight and a half, you know, on his carries. Like, you're going to need 10 carries to get to feel comfortable getting to 44 yards. Yeah, we talked about this last week. I mean, I, I said take the over in the rushing yards, not the carries, mm-hmm. because I felt like the rushing yards was low enough where he could rip off a long run, and that's what he did to get yeah. over, and you ended up under the carries. I would much rather have the over carries and the over rushing mm-hmm. yards in this spot. This is also a Chiefs defense that knows how to defend Josh Allen. They've seen him run the football in six games now. They faced him six times. They understand that they need to stop Josh Allen from running the football. They're not going to be out there giving up these big plays. And I actually like the linebackers that the Chiefs have to be able to try and stop Josh Allen from running the football when he drops back to pass on those scrambles, which is where he's much more dangerous for those long runs. So I I would be more likely to play the Allen under rushing total in this spot. I would look to Cook. Last week I looked to Allen, not Cook. This week I'd look to Cook, not Allen. And I would take the carries over the rushing yards if I was going to take any prop on the Josh Allen side. We skipped a whole bunch of segments this uh, this show. So we got all, all kinds of listen. We got all kinds of stuff that we might come back with. Who knows? Maybe we'll do some good news, bad news. Maybe we'll do some other stuff. We got all kinds of things here. We got wrapped up in this game. We got wrapped up in these previews. We still haven't even put a bow on this game yet. <laughs> it's going to be an action-packed last two segments as we get things going here. By the way, Debo Samuel back to the locker room for the 49ers. So at least this half, we will not see any more Debo Samuel. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you are a new DraftKings subscriber, go in $5, 200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the promo code VSIN. That is V S I N. You type that in. Not only are you going to get those $200. Instantly in bonus bets, you're going to get a no sweat same game parlay each and every day of the NFL playoff. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. Promo code VEASAN, DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Impressed? Just right off, just 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 rattle that one off. No, I'm not impressed. I have just faith in you. That one off. I know just, you know your stuff, man. Just just rattled that one. Crush the reads. Couldn't find the uh, couldn't find the read, so just. Improvise. I, I like how you have to like humble brag about just it. Just improvise. Like, that was some. That was a good set. We were. We pulled the curtain back here yeah. on the handle, which is why I like. It's not always I'll pretty. Let you know. I'll let you know. Yeah. On air, I'm happy go lucky. With the second we go to commercial, I am very crabby. Yeah. That's the way that this game is going. He's sitting over there complaining about solitaire. That being said, what I will say is I'm very happy as a Packers backer. Now, not as an over backer, but as a Packer backer, 
at the way that <laughs> at the way that Shanahan has handled this drive in which they had three timeouts with a minute 49 left and somehow have only gone like eight yards and 28 seconds left on the clock. It is if the guy with the most explosive offense in the NFL is playing for three. Well, he 100% is playing for three. I mean, you had three timeouts. You had the ball at the, their, your own 40-yard line <laughs> with four minutes and 15 <laughs> seconds left. And you move 20 yards, and there's 28 seconds left. You use your first timeout. You, you pick up the first down. But now we're seeing your third and one, 14 seconds left. You're on fringe field goal range. There, there is there is no backing. Like, there, there is no excuse for this. Like, I, I, I want someone to win or lose. I want someone to ask him in the postgame, like, what's what are you going thinking? on? Yeah. Because, if, if, look, if we talked about this. They get the ball first in the second half. If they go down and score a touchdown here, and they made this a 14-6 to six game, they get the ball, field goal. they go down and score a touchdown. It's a long field goal, yeah. by the way. It's a 47-yarder. Yeah. We're not going to just call this a gimme. Uh, if they go down and score a touchdown up 14-7, to seven, they're up 21-6. to six. Midway through the third quarter, this game's over. Now, in this case, even if you kick a field goal here, you come out, okay, great. Congratulations. It's 10-6. Yeah. Best case scenario, you're making an 11-point game. That's still a touchdown, two-point conversion, yeah. a field goal. And by the way, the Packers have dominated this first half. Yes. Like, yes. You're very fortunate to be ahead by one. Now, maybe that's part of the thought. Look, Brock Purdy has not looked phenomenal in this game. Probably should have thrown two picks. He hasn't, hasn't been as accurate yeah. as you would expect. You're missing Debo. He's in the locker room already. McCaffrey's banged up. My guess is when he's thinking this out, he's like, I would like to just get to the locker room up 10 to six. And I, then we'll deal with what we have to deal with, figure out who we've got and move forward from there. But it feels like a missed opportunity to not really step on the throat of the Packers here at the end of this first half I, and start of the second. I agree. You look at this and, and as good as the Packers have been, are we thinking you're going to get a repeat performance in the second half? I mean, they were nearly flawless, except for the fact that they didn't get on the scoreboard. I mean, like the drives were great. The passes from Jordan Love were great. They ran the ball very effectively. Oh, my gosh. And then they missed the field goal. It had to have been partially blocked. Yeah, it so, was. So, after all that, they come away with no points. And, again, I think Shanahan – I just asked Mike this in, in the commercial break, and I will ask you at home, are any of these NFL coaches sharp anymore? Like, I just – it's – that is inexcusable. That is just an in excusable it's very passive drive right there i mean and the packers have had the ball inside the 49ers 15 yard line three times they have six points you're incredibly fortunate that they are just sitting at six points here you might want to score some yeah maybe maybe that'll help you they, in the long run they deserved that what they got right there. well you kind of felt like that's why i kept saying this isn't like a gimme field goal either yeah it's not like we're at the 20 yard line yeah there was a 48-yard field goal, 47-yard field goal. That's not a short field goal, especially when there's rain. I, they deserved that. They, like, they deserved. They got what they deserved. My my inside's really upset about this, too, because yeah. I am on the over. We've been over this. I, this is my favorite bet of the week. I might have a couple bucks on it. Not very happy with how this first half played yeah. out, because I feel like we should have more than 13 <laughs> points right now. We definitely should have and more And somehow than we're sitting on th – I feel like the Packers should have more than 13 <laughs> points, and somehow both teams have 13 combined. Um if you're wondering, six and a half on the live line, 37 and a half. I, I'm telling the Packers are going to win. Is I, your total unbelievable. You know what, though? While we're at halftime, let's go. You know, we have the Visa News Network here. I don't know if you know that. We, we have do. The, the Visa News Network. So uh, let's, talk, let's talk a little good news, bad news. News, 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 news. Is it good news? I got great news, guys. Or is it bad news? What type of news is it? Well, to be perfectly frank, it's bad. Let's kick things off here. Producer Steph's 
love of her life. <laughs> Second love of her life. The guy that the guy that the guy that made her. I don't know. Bill Belichick's made her happier longer. You know. No, I, I mean, was gonna like, put Tom like, Brady in front oh, of Belichick. Okay, right, yeah, not yeah, her yeah, husband. Yeah. No, no, no. no yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> and uh, Bill Belichick has interviewed with the Falcons. If you believe what we're hearing from the beat writers out there, it is basically almost a formality that he is going to become the coach of the Falcons. Good news or bad news if you're a Falcons fan that you're hiring an 87-year-old man to run your to run your program. Well, I I think it depends on who he brings with him and there's a little bit of a not so fast my friend going on here too because now they are interviewing Harbaugh and they're going to interview Vrabel as well. Part of me wonders if Bill Belichick said, "I will come here but I want full control over this coaching staff. I want to bring in my guys." And that's where Arthur Blank was like, Maybe mm. this isn't such a great idea because that didn't work so well for you. The last I've few seen years. this movie yeah, the last couple yeah. of years and it didn't play out so much. I, I don't really want Matt Patricia calling the defense guys. Um, I, look, I think Belichick would do a very good job if he was the head coach, have no player personnel responsibilities. So I think that's where it really went wrong up in New England. And you've got to get a young offensive mind. If he is your defensive guy and he's going to coach the defense up, love it. Go for it, right? You need to get a young offensive mind. I'm not sure who they would bring in. I don't know if it's a great fit. There's no quarterback there. They have to go get a quarterback. And you have Kirk Cousins talking, oh, maybe I'll go to the Falcons. I don't think he's actually going to the Falcons. I think he's staying in Minnesota. So without a quarterback, we've seen this movie. We've seen what Bill Belichick is with a above-average defense and a terrible quarterback. I will say this. He would be inheriting a much more talented team than he had in, in New England the last few years. This is, they actually have real players on the offensive side of the ball. There are some real players on the defensive side of the ball. And yes, you are lacking a quarterback, but you dealt with that the last few years in New England. At least you have talent on both sides of the ball here, and you would be able to try and figure out some sort of stopgap thing. Maybe you take a chance on someone in the second round. You know, I mean, there are going to be, depending on how needy teams get, they're going to be the Bo Nixes of the world, the Michael Penixes of the world, all the things like that that aren't that likely won't go in the first round. Now, again, teams could get desperate and maybe maybe they will take these guys in the first round, but I don't think that that will be the case. And so, maybe you go that route. But the problem is this: this guy, how many years left does he have coaching? Yeah, I mean, what? Four or five tops, right? Do you really want to draft a quarterback to bring into Atlanta so that you're you're running a rookie quarterback out there with this this talent? It feels like you have to have an answer at quarterback if you're going to bring Bill Belichick in because it, it's a waste if you bring him in and you don't have someone who can run the offense effectively from both an OC perspective and a quarterback perspective. And right now, they don't have either. I w I'll tell you this. If they got any sort of answer at quarterback at all, they're the instant favorite to win that division because none of the other teams are any good. I, I am like, they should give up their first-round draft pick for Justin Fields. That's your answer. If the Bears are going to trade him, there you go. Go get – and no, he's not – like, I don't think – I would be very surprised if Justin Fields ever wins a Super Bowl. But he would be good on that team. He would be – they would win the division. They're going to make the playoffs if you put Justin Fields on the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, listen, I don't know if it's – it's probably not the answer. But, again, if you're trying to figure out what to do – Daniel Jones is probably going to be available. And I'm being, being serious, <laughs> know, though. No. Like, 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 Daniel Jones is probably going to be available when it's all said and done. The Giants are probably going to try to get a, in a quarterback in this draft. Like, there's who knows what's going on with the Broncos situation. I mean, could is there anything left at all with Russell Wilson? You know, again, like, you could sign Russell Wilson for pennies yeah. if they end up cutting him. And you could sign him to the veteran minimum 
I mean, like you could literally be paying Russell Wilson like a million and a half dollars, you know, to quarterback. Is there enough left with the pieces around? I mean, they would still they would still be the favorite in that division. Yeah. So let's let's say you're an Atlanta fan. Would you rather they hired Belichick, Vrabel, Vrabel or Harbaugh? Well, I think you'd want to go Harbaugh just given the given the track record and then the years that he could put in comparatively to Belichick. But so at ha- this, Harbaugh one, who would be two? Belichick two, and then Vrabel. Okay. I would be I would be Harbaugh Vrabel Belichick probably. Do you can you you can't really argue with I mean Belichick's success though, right? I mean I granted you're it's a short term fix because you're gonna have to be looking elsewhere pretty soon, but he I would not argue with the success, but the decision making that he has had bringing in OCs and DCs the last three years is frightening to me if he's the head coach of my franchise. It's pretty, uh, I'll put it this way. I will be a Falcons backer pretty heavily with any, any one of those guys. If they get any one of the three of those guys and any, and a quarterback with a pulse, because, because they have more talent on that team than any of those other teams in that division. And they would, uh, they should win that division by two games. We we talked ourselves into that team consistently with a coach who didn't want to use his best players and Desmond Ritter quarterback. Anything's an upgrade. I'm not arguing that. Don't get me wrong. I just, I'm not sure this is the solution. We've been all over the place. We're going to close this thing out when we come (laughs) back at six and a half on the live line in favor of the 49ers. 36 and a half, your live total. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
vcin.com slash picks. It is an amazing page over on our newly revamped website where you can go in and you can sort by sport, you can sort by date, you can sort by the hot hand, whatever you want to do. You can follow, you can fade, you can do whatever you want to do with all the picks from not only our show hosts, but our guests as well over there. Go in, you'll see that me and Mike were, were on the over in this game. Not happy about so it. Hopefully you didn't have the subscription until you heard this, and then you can go in and like then it didn't it didn't matter. Uh, if you use code handle H A N D L E, ten percent off an annual subscription. It is Matt. It's Mike. It's our final segment, and been all over the place with this, this show. Is, this but is, I feel like it's been a good show. It's I've, just been a good show. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Hopefully everyone out there has enjoyed it as well. Listen, it's been a good show. We're gonna lose a bet. Yeah. Um, the, take over a miracle. Is, the over is not happening. Uh, both of these teams just tripping all over themselves. Uh, it's just, it ain't happening. Sometimes you can make a handicap that in the process works out because again, if the Packers convert and the 49ers either play to score or make a field goal, instead of sitting here <laughs> with this ridiculous first half, we're probably sitting with like, 24, 27-ish points, and we're, like, feeling pretty good. Well, that's the ridiculous part. I mean, okay, let's say that the Packers don't drop the pick six, or they drop the pick six, and they score a touchdown Mm -hmm. when they get stopped on fourth and one, or they score a touchdown on their other drive. All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. San Francisco has to try and score a touchdown Mm -hmm. on that drive. And instead, Kyle Shanahan runs five plays in 75 seconds with three timeouts and misses a field goal at the end of the half. It's wild, guys. I I don't even... I like. He gets a pass a lot of times. I don't know if we should get a pass for that there one. Is no, that was awful. There is no excuse no. for what we saw at the end of that half. None whatsoever. And like we said, even though it worked against what I need, they got what they deserved in the missed field goal. Yeah, they did. I mean, we got some Packers. We got yeah. some, but, like, not happy we're not going to get this over. Yeah. George Love, <laughs> 10 of 16 for 115 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He has not been sacked. Brock Purdy, 10 of 16. For 125, he does have a touchdown. He has been sacked once in this game. 11 carries for Aaron Jones for 49 yards. Christian McCaffrey has nine for 33. On the receiving side of things, Romeo Dobbs, as we said, if one of these guys was going to get there, it's probably just pick a guy and then play the alt. He already would get there and already has hit several of the alt ladders if you were going. He's got two for 60. So his, what was it, 34 and a half, 35 and a half? Yeah, 35 and a half. 35 and a half on Dobbs. So he's already there. Jaden Reed, two for 27. So he's home on his normal number, but we were talking about some alts and things like that. Kittle, two for 41. Juwan Jennings, three for 33. Debo, two for 24. But the big, big story here is Debo looks to be out for the game in this one. So that could affect the uh, play calling here for the 49ers the second half. Yeah, the other pass catchers on the, on the Packers side right now, uh, my boy Luke Musgrave, two for 11, missed him downfield once. So we need to get that that rolling a little bit. Devontae Wicks and Christian Watson, zero catches. Watson doesn't even have a target in the first half. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting game so far. We'll see how this all plays out. They do get the second half kick to the 49ers. So uh, they're starting here on the uh, 25 yard line and we'll see what see what happens here in the second half but i uh Jennings officially has replaced Samuels because yeah, he, he just, just he got, got the, he just got the carry yeah. i mean that is yeah. that's a Samuels play yeah, right he, there he just got a carry so yeah. oh and Debo's all he's got to close off so yeah. not off <laughs> his uniform's off he's clothed like i don't want to get just clothed but he is uh n- not in uniform so that's going to be it for him for this game um all right so they have up on DraftKings right now hypotheticals so we know the Ravens did advance and they will play either the Ravens or, I mean, they will play either the Chiefs or the Bills. 
Doesn't matter. It's going to be three no matter what. Uh, the line is set. It is three in favor of the Ravens. Doesn't matter if it's the Chiefs or the Bills. The only thing that changes is if it's the Chiefs, the total's 45. If it's the Bills, the total's 46. That seems about right. I mean, I think you have a better defense with the Chiefs than you do the Bills. Uh, you also probably a little more explosive offense on the Bills side than the Chiefs. So I think the total adjustment makes sense. I could be talked into Chiefs plus three. If you want to mm-hmm. talk me into Chiefs plus three, because I'm not sure if like if that's our look ahead, I'm not sure we get that again during the week, especially if the Chiefs are able to go up to Buffalo and beat Buffalo and look good doing so. It'd be this back-to-back performances for them. That's a positive. I would hold off on betting the Bills. I'm concerned about the injuries that we saw on the defensive side. Now they have to come back with two less days of rest and play on a rock-hard field again. I mean, it was cold in Buffalo on Monday. They don't have field heaters. That thing was like a rock, according to everybody. Now you have to come back, five days rest, do it all over again. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a couple more injuries that kind of bang up, or at least players who show up on the injury report. Now, you could say, give us another week. Maybe we get linebackers back. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get some of the cornerbacks back. But I have injury concerns on the Buffalo defense side that would keep me off of playing them plus three right now. I don't hate the look at the Chiefs plus three because I do think there's a world where that reopens two and a half or two. On the NFC side of things, if you're wondering how that might look, if the Niners were to win this game, which again, they're only up a point and did have to punt, so the Packers will take over. It would be Niners six and a half over the Lions. It would be Niners 10 over the Bucks. Uh, I wouldn't, man, I wouldn't touch the Bucks. Mm. I would take that. But, but now, like, here's the problem Debo's hurt. Yeah. What we talked about all year. Yeah. Love this 49ers team. They need to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Now they're not healthy. One of their, their most important players on the offensive side of the ball has left this game. It makes it a lot harder to play the Niners against anybody. And, like, even that first drive, Debo's out. You get a Jennings run. Like, Purdy looks like he doesn't know what's going on Which out also, there. Kyle, what are you doing? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, that, like, but like, he's going to do it. Like, like, you know he's going to do yeah, it. It's like, Kyle, what are you doing? So, yeah, I mean, you watch this, and it's like, okay, great. Like, I just I, – I don't trust the San Francisco team. I don't trust Brock Purdy when you don't have all the weapons. And so I don't want to lay 10 until I know what's going on. I don't think the line's wrong. Don't get me – like, yeah. I'm not running to the window to play Bucks plus 10 either. Uh, but I, I want to know exactly what I'm getting from this San Francisco mm-hmm. team before I go to the window and play them in either of those spots. If anything – oh, man, golf on the road, though. <laughs> like if yeah. anything, it'd be Detroit plus six. If the Packers win, they would be on the road no matter what. And it would be Packers and Bucks pick them in Tampa, it would be Packers and Lions three and a half in favor of the Lions. I mean, I, I would back the truck up on the Packers in either of those spots. The do, do you like what, what didn't we just see the Packers Lions? The the pick 'em against the the pick 'em against the Bucks is really interesting. That's wild. The pick 'em against the Bucks is really interesting. Um, okay, how is it pick 'em against the Bucks? Let's let's just do a little like math real quick, yeah. right? So if it's six and it would be three and a half. How is it pick them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. Like they, you're upgrading the Bucks two and a half points in the blind of, of, since they beat. I guess because they they would in theory have won and maybe looked good. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know. I, but so but, you have to think you're upgrading the Lions too. I, that that's yeah. wild to me. Yeah, but I would. I mean, obviously you need the right the right cards to be dealt out here to end up with Packers at Bucks, but man, it, like I would love to know what the limit unless is. Unless the that. Lions, unless the Lions completely rout the Bucks, you're not getting three and a half on the Packers. No. Like if if you if you think there is a chance the Packers win this game and you like the Lions tomorrow, 
you should just go ahead and take the Packers now because it, it you are not getting three and a half. I don't think you're getting pick them either. Yeah, there's zero well, chance that game like, closes a pick. You're not getting the other side of a field goal. No, it's just it's just no. not going to happen because the, the the Packers will have beaten the number one power ranked team in the NFL. Yep. And so I I can't see a world in which you get the other side of a field goal against the Lions. No. Especially since we just saw this this play out. Yeah. I mean, they were able to absolutely roast the Lions defense on Thanksgiving, jump all over them, and, and the Lions were able to come back but never felt like they were actually in that football game. It felt a lot like the Cowboys game <laughs> last weekend where they just kind of getting blown out the whole time. I, I mean, I'd love to know what the limits are. I'm not sure what the limits are right now, but that, those would, to me, be fairly large bets on the Packers in both of them. It would just be – it'd be fun to get a three-and-a-half in your account and the thing closes at one-and-a-half. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know? I mean, like, if nothing else, it sets you up for a wonderful yeah, middle. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to have that in the account for sure. But interesting. Those are up, though, right now. They are the – if you click the NFL tab, um, it will say NFL Conference Championship Mythical Matchups is actually the, is, is what it is. So click on that, and that's where you will find those. And, again, they are they are available currently if you want to go in and get that. Debo Samuel officially ruled out for the game. We knew it anyway. He was in street clothes, but now it is coming through. They have announced it in the uh, in the booth, official, that he is out. And that's a shoulder injury for Debo. So we'll see if, if they do advance, if that's something that he can work through and be back next week. Also, keep an eye on McCaffrey still. He is in the game, but has been had leg injuries uh, since really the first quarter. I'm not going to say this is a huge third and one, but it felt like a huge third and one, and uh. at least converted. And so the Packers will continue on. How is this? How are they losing this game? They are dominating this game. How are they losing this game? What's the end game right now? How are they losing this game? Plus three and a half. Plus, oh. plus 175. Oh, my goodness. Like, how are they losing this game? I'm glad I'm on the 10. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish, you got the 10 and a half. You I've, got even better. I've like, got a little money line, but like, yeah. I, I have more over than I have anything else. So I'm sitting yeah. here pissed off about the over <laughs> more than I am about what happy about the side. Hey, guys, if you want to hear us talk a lot about football again, guess what? We're going to be back right first thing in the morning. So oh, yeah. head on over here, 9 o'clock Pacific. That's 12 Eastern. So come on back for a very special Sunday edition of The Handle as your kitty cats say goodnight. <laughs> Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.